life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. If you're listening to this right when it drops, it's a Tuesday. Hi, happy Tuesday. (laughs) And it is the Tuesday right before Christmas. Yes. So I feel like I should say... Because uh, apparently the Postal Service, if you've been anywhere near a post office, the lines are practically out the door. But supposedly... I haven't lately, so I Yeah, it's, I it's the time know. to avoid it. But, but you can avoid it by ordering one of our discs online. And according to the post office, you can still have it by Christmas. Well, that's I feel great. Like I should say that's that cool. because I was near a post office this past week. I was actually sending out a TV episode. And in front of me were 30 people with, like, hordes of boxes. And I'm thinking, with can there be a line for, like, normal business versus <laughs> Christmas business? So anyway, so that happened forever. That's not a bad idea, Seriously. Actually. So I had, to, I had to wait in the they Christmas line. They weren't delivering TV episodes, were they? No, they weren't. I, I was. It's just so you. I, exactly. Yeah. So, so that took a while. But, but I understand that. But my point is, if you buy one of our discs, you don't have to go to the post office. Mm. You order it online, it comes to you. This is genius. And according mm. to the post office, if you order on Tuesday, you can still get it by Christmas. So I'm just saying. Dig it. That's Dig out it. there. The other thing, thank you guys who have many of you have written to us about being on the Corolla show. We've got a, an episode with Spike that's coming up here in about a week. That should drop the Tuesday after Christmas. Christmas yes. is on a Monday this year, and that should be out the twenty sixth. Uh, actually, heard. it'll be Wednesday. He drops on Wednesday, so it'll he be twenty seventh. Okay, so make it. 27th. But but just so that you're aware, we are actually taking next week off. You have this Tuesday podcast, this Friday's podcast, and we're taking a week off for the holiday. We hope you guys are getting a week off as well. Mm-hmm. But yes. uh, yeah, so the next podcast we do, not this one was spurred by your questions. We're going to do a Cars of the Year podcast because many of you have asked. We're going to do that next podcast. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm actually looking forward to it. My brain's been going already on this. Well, I knew we'd need a little bit of time. Well, we need time. It recaps the year, though, just Mm -hmm. kind of thinking back even from, you know, almost a year ago, what we started driving and what we were looking forward to and relegating that against what we actually drove. Yeah, and then, of course, that was stuff we shot uh, for season one of TV was this, this calendar year, and all of season two for TV was shot this calendar year. I mean, there'll be some spoilers in there, I guess. But, of course, we did Motor Press Guild Day. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we drove. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of stuff to review Holy and moly. talk about greatest Don't hits. Don't forget Germany. We've got the trip. True, We yes. drove some stuff there, too. Absolutely. And there'll be that. that'll be happening again next year. There's been a lot this year. Yeah, no in kidding. In case you didn't know. Uh, actually, speaking of a lot going on, we're sitting at the studio, which is actually uh, in a room in Paul's house. And uh, you know that uh, M2 Paul was going to buy? <laughs> didn't buy it because he's buying a porch. That porch is currently being built. So if you hear random hammering or, or crazy noise in the background, background that's what that is <laughs> car news paul car news i do have car news i gotta stop laughing first well uh the car news is on my side of the equation it's not an m2 even though i would like to add that to my garage it's actually it's going got a to porch. be changing i did get a porch it's a deck let's be honest but it's much more fun for me to say it's the, the, the porsche guy got a porch yeah anyway yeah yes. yeah all right, so uh, as you know, I've had the Jeep Grand Cherokee for three years, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I can't believe. It's crazy, yeah. January 2018 is three years of ownership of that car. I bought yep. it brand new. Mm-hmm. And you guys have probably heard over the years about my frustrations with this car. Yeah. You see them everywhere in Park City, along with anything from Range Rover and Porsche Cayennes. Yep. Litter, yep. ski parking lots here. Absolutely. They're yep. everywhere. Yep, for sure. But I've not had a great driving and buying experience. Well, buying, yes, but just ownership and experience sure. in general. Yeah. yeah, Hasn't been great. Let's recap. Oh, no. The nav screen died. I'm going to have to buckle in here. Hang <laughs> exactly. on. Exactly. The, the Uconnect, which is actually a great system. Great system, yeah. It just died. The mm-hmm. screen needed to be replaced. Mm-hmm. They couldn't reboot it. Then the HVAC controls died. Mm-hmm. Then the steering rack decided to leak all of its oil into one of the boots on yep. the edge, but it never leaked. All the oil just collected and pooled over here in the boot. No leak in your garage, but no oil where it needed to be. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No wonder it was making all that noise. Yes. And then I still can't get the car aligned. I, I drive at nine and three. I mean, you and I have talked about driving with both hands on the wheel yeah, just yeah, yeah. as a natural byproduct mm-hmm. of what we do. Sure, sure, sure. And now I do that everywhere I go. I just, nine and three is kind of where I've got. I'm used to paddles right there. There's controls at your thumbs. And I'm driving, steering towards the right, and the car is going so straight down the road. So you're at 10 and four instead? Pretty much. Yeah, okay. I, and I've talked to the dealership. I just want them to take it off, take the airbags out, take off the wheel, move it over one spline notch, and put it back on. <laughs> But that's not how it's actually keyed into the shaft. And apparently that's for the people who build the car so they can't get it wrong, but it's wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I can't stand anymore. Okay. So right. I am selling the car. Okay. And uh, this is not really a rousing endorsement for a please buy my Jeep, by the way. I do want to say that. No, yeah. that, that's not it necessarily is, the It point. is in CPO condition, but it's yeah. It's perfect. I, I just, I'm, I'm being very forthcoming and honest about yeah. what bugs me. It's slightly to the right. Mm-hmm. It's a splinter in my brain, but it might be a non issue to somebody else. Here's the thing that you're actually bringing up a great point. Whoever ends up buying this car will not notice anything you've just mentioned. Probably. And and probably. honestly, that Uconnect screen will probably be good for 300,000 miles now. Oh, they replaced a brand new unit. Yeah, it'll probably be great. Yeah. But you've got these little things that have just kind of... It, it, what's happened is it's gotten under your skin, and yeah. you can't get past it. And I, I do understand that. That definitely happens. Otherwise, the car runs great. It's The engine is bulletproof. The engine's been amazing, it, yeah. It's a beast in snow with winter tires. It's an awesome truck. Yeah. I just... Here's the situation. You're done is the situation. <laughs> you personally are done with that. It's perfectly good. You need to be finished. It yes. is. Although my dad has had a 2012 Ford Expedition EL up to this point. Mm-hmm. And he now has a Honda Odyssey that he uses all the time. And this car is now sitting in my sister's driveway in Washington. The Expedition is, yeah. The Expedition, yeah. completely unused. It's been to Alaska four times, up and down the Alcan Highway. It's towed stuff. And the car drives great. It's got, what, 111,000 miles on it right now? And somebody I know is looking for a full, long wheelbase, heavy-duty tow vehicle. <laughs> I forget who that is. Hang on. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah we, we might think of it. Hmm, but um, That's weird. I, it's actually kind of working out because those things tow 9,300 pounds. And I'm going to take that, drive it back home over the holidays, back okay. here to Utah. All right. All right, yeah. And then eventually sell the Jeep. So that will be my new truck. It's a... It's a living room. It's cavernous. Well, but it's it's the towing that's got you really excited. It's the towing part. As you're, as you're kind of thinking really about getting by. a trailer and what can you do, yeah. So, yeah. Otherwise, my, my dad loves the truck and he doesn't want to get rid of it. Sure, and so it's sure. just sat in the driveway yeah. unused. I'm going, how about I just take that, so now drive it, stays it home, in the family. sell yeah. the Jeep? Yeah. And he likes that part that it is staying in the family. Yeah, Even though that. I'm going to a higher that. mileage truck. But you know what? That thing is going to be bomb-proof between... 110,000 and 200,000 miles. Yeah. I'll bet you it's going to be well, and, just fine. And you need it as a big tow vehicle. That, that'll be beneficial to you Back as well. Back to towing. Yep. yep yes. Yep. Speaking of towing, we have two uh, great uh, <laughs> exactly. podcast uh, car debates to do this evening. And uh, and one of them is uh, True writing in from uh, – True Jackson writing in. Uh, for, he needs a track weapon. That might need a track trailer. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, and then also we've got Jay writing in from Oregon. He is having his soul sucked away by an outback, which sounds like a horror film but isn't. So we're going to have to try to <laughs> co- solve – those two car debates. Plus, we have a lot of questions coming up. More questions than we will ever cover, but there's some really good ones this time, plus the one that's inspired us for next podcast. Yeah, no kidding. Well, True, thank you so much for writing. It's very, very few times where we get to just discuss... I need a track car. And yet that is the email. Well, and also, I don't know that, that, I that the word need needs to be in that sentence. <laughs> I mean, need a track car? Want a track car? I get. I get that. Need a track car? I don't know. I named my Wi-Fi at my house food, water, shelter, Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. I, I need the internet. Yeah, fair. I mean, those fair. are the four food groups. That Those are the four basic building blocks of life now, right? They are. You're right. Absolutely. So I, I, un- I kind of understand, but it's, it's rare we get to devote an entire debate just to what track car should you get. Mm-hmm. We work it in. We weave it in through other stuff. If you're going to be tracking, if you're thinking about it. Yeah. But never has this been, this is all it will be used for. Well, but here's the other part of this, though. The the big thing about this is this is the the reason the need thing comes in is because True has his crew that he rolls with. And I mean that literally. They don't play poker. He and his five best friends since forever – they go to the track. So cool. They go to Road Atlanta. This is what the six of them do. Oh, man. And he's coming to us and saying, here is my problem. I'm tired of being the slowest guy on the track. Mm. He's, he's had plenty of training. It's not like he's a track newbie. All of his buddies have had training too. But he, he lists everybody's cars. And it quickly becomes apparent <laughs> he needs a different car if he just wants to roll with these guys on the track. He has a GTO that he loves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he put Super Sports on it and courted them in four laps. That's just, as he says, the weight of the car yeah. chewing through that. Everybody else has other things that are either a little more lighter or a little more agile. So he's going, all right, I want to be the big dog. I want to be running at the front of my group. I need a different track car. And the GTO is actually going to stay, which is interesting. It, he loves it. It's staying. Which is so cool. So we're just shopping track car. 
So he's writing here that he says he can drive, but he's slowest of the pack. He's invested more money than he cares to reveal in driving schools, professional instruction. He's very confident in his driving skills, and his friends are just as passionate and have done the same. So mm-hmm. they're they're probably all about equal, except for the car. Yeah, theoretically. And because yeah. the GTO really does sound like it's holding him back just due to weight alone. Mm-hmm. All right, so as Todd said, the GTO is staying, so that means this new car with up to a $30,000 budget, Mm -hmm. can only be for the track. Hello. This is going to be fun. This is fun. Here's the other thing I I thought was really interesting in here when I read this, is he's obviously keeps trading cars with friends. He's driven everybody else's cars. He's helped them, you know, Which is also them, great to kind of know what you keep want working. and don't want. He kind of feels like that BM, his friend's got a BMW 335iS, which we're a fan of. He said that's his oh, favorite yeah. of his friend's cars. Yeah. We've also got a 370Z, a, a 2009 Corvette, a 2013 Mustang GT, and an 08 Audi S5. This is the group. So cool. one of the things he's pointed out that I think is fascinating here is that he is worried about consumables. Right. And the BMW right. and the Audi race through consumables. I'm sure. So he's thinking about that as well. We do have 30 grand for a, I'm going to only use this at the track. Paul would later like to talk to you about trailers and tow vehicles, Mm -hmm. but here's where we are. All right. So, uh, it, he says that when it comes to the type of car he wants, he would like it to be manual, but that's not necessarily a requirement. Sure, yeah. Okay, so he's been around all these cars, and yeah, you know, the, the S5 and the BMW, those are great track cars for other people to own. Let them pay for the consumables, <laughs> the consumables on those cars. Consumables maintenance, yeah. Hey, can I drive your car? I love that you like the dynamics of the BMW so much, and it seems to me out of that group, that is probably the car that's speaking to you most. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's true. It's probably not the lightest out of the group. I mean, we're Corvettes, Mustangs, heavy European stuff. I bet you that VET is running uh, possibly the lightest thing there. It of the 370Z, depending on their say, spec, are probably the lightest cars it's there. It's probably a toss-up between those two. And there's different dynamics. I mean, the wheelbase, I think, is shorter on the 370. It is, but, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really intrigued. And uh, again, this is, uh, <laughs> this is only for track work. So I'm going to start out with what kind of driver are you? And only you can answer this question, and that is you're probably great through corners. But whatever new car that is your track car mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you get, that's going to change everything about your corner work. Yeah, And are you sure. the kind of person sure. that wants to make up lost time by gunning it down the straightaway? Mm-hmm. You're in a Z06 C6 Corvette or something like that. Sure. You're making up lost time. Or do you want something that you can really work the corners and work mm, technique mm. and still be competitive in this pack? Interesting. Yes. Now, yeah. Yeah. You have to also consider your friends might consider upgrading at some point. Yes. Too. You so. may start an avalanche. That, 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 <laughs> exactly. that, by the way, the mine's better than yours. Oh, that never win. You never no, win that. And that it never, never stops. Either. Never happens. That, yeah. From now till the end of time, we'll always be talking about that. So there's many options. I'm sure many of you know what uh, probably what uh, you know Todd and I are going to suggest. So I have to start out with my foregone conclusion. Okay. And that is uh, Elite Motorsports in Austin, Texas, is Uh-oh. selling race prepped Caymans. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're sure. not thirty grand is the problem. They're fifty grand. Ooh, that is a problem. But they're yeah. fully race prepped, so something like that. And I'm looking at the first generation Cayman or similar years, the Boxster from those mm-hmm. years, the mm-hmm. 06 to 08 Boxster. Sure, sure, sure. Great buy. Even if you go earlier on a Boxster, that'd be fine. But that mid engine feel, mm-hmm. because none of the cars that you have listed, nor the GTO, are mid engine cars. True. Very true. Yep. And for track work, that can really make the difference. I mean, just the weight balance alone can make the difference into, wow, this is a new category. I never knew that I loved. So I would suggest that we can go other mid-engine cars. We can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Lotuses, low tie. Yeah. But I'm also thinking about the maintenance and the upkeep as well. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked about many times that the car that really is cheaper to run is the one that isn't as hard on its stuff. Absolutely. It's tires, Absolutely. its brakes, yep. its yep. chassis, suspension, all that stuff, just yep. by virtue of weight. So everything that we're thinking about is just very much weight-related in here. Mm-hmm. And heck, I'll tell you, I've been looking at these Factory 5 818s. I've been yeah. looking at forums, dig around in there, and you will be surprised how many people are actually selling their Factory 5 818s that are mm-hmm. fully built, Yep, and they come with spares and parts. And you have a great way of putting it. You know, when you want to replace a thing, you're buying Subi parts. You're buying Japanese Absolutely, yeah. parts, yeah. not the Porsche parts. And that's why I would say... Porsches would be awesome, but then again, you're buying the Porsche parts. You're buying Porsche consumables. For any, yeah. you know, anything that you're you're racing, braking, engine, yeah. you know, all that yeah. stuff, you know, that's a different category financially. For sure. Well, you've touched on something that I wanted to say as kind of a headline, and that is this. Here's the big thing to keep in mind here. 
As far as consumables are concerned, consumables come with weight and complexity. And the poster child for this is our friend, the GTR. Mm, Okay? It will destroy anything on the track, but it weighs a ton and it's very complex, which means, oh, look, I need more tires. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, I need fill in the blank. And the people we know that have daily driven those that could barely afford them that didn't do maintenance, those things look beat down quick. And the guys that track them decimate everyone and are constantly replacing something. Right. So if you're really worried about consumables, what we have to do, and you've already touched on it, Paul, we have to go light and simple. Now, that might not yeah. be the answer for your track car, but since you've brought that up as a concern for you, that leads me directly down a specific path that is stuff that's little and not complex. So you've already brought it up. I have to say it. The Elise for thirty grand. Yeah. You could buy – you know what? You could buy one of the salvage title ones for twenty five. I mean, this is a workable budget for Absolutely. all the, the fun and stuff that we the, love. And the other thing I've thought about is I've stayed under your budget across the board because I keep thinking about track car. Yeah. Go yeah. buy tires. Go buy – the rest of that budget's going to go out the door in a minute anyway. Just buying stuff or when you do have to replace tires or I need another set Bye-bye, of wheels. Wallets. So so right at the thirty grand figure, I stayed under that anyway. But you could buy yourself the low $20,000 range Elises that are the, that are the salvage title ones mm-hmm. that had the clamshell replaced. Make that your track car. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's an obvious one. Obviously, you you brought up already factory five eight one eight. Buying somebody that's selling theirs on a forum because a lot of times they've already wrenched on them. Not only have they built them already, because that kit is ten thousand nine hundred dollars, mm-hmm. but it's a kit and requires a donor Subaru WRX. Mm-hmm. And people have played with tuning things various ways. They've put different engines in them. They've already sorted the chassis. If you buy uh-huh. one already built, I mean, this is what's on the back of my mind is. Why wouldn't I do the same thing? Somebody's sure. already sorted out weight Hopefully, and balance yeah. and Hopefully. you know all this stuff. It's had some track days, had you know mm-hmm. maybe a lot of time. Great, that's just fine. And they're not complex because they are yeah. designed for you to build them in your garage. I think that eight one eight is a great uh, answer. I I think in general that opens up a whole separate category, which is buy someone else's pre track prepped car. Yeah, agree. Now that opens up a large span of things. I think you could find, like you said, you could find a Boxster or Cayman. But look at Spec Zs. Mm-hmm. The Spec Z three fifty Z. You had a track prep one of those. I bet you'd outrun that three seventy that your your buddy's got. That's oh, a yeah. street one. Absolutely. I bet the Spec Z three fifty. Plus, you can start running in the NASA uh, setup of the Spec Z. Right. Right. So, and I'm a guy. Look, I want to be fast in the corners. Versus the straights. I'll give up room on the straights if I'm chasing and hunting you down in the corner. I like that. That's not everybody, but that's kind of the world right, we're talking about Right, that's kind of why I asked. Do you like to make it up on totally, the straightaways and totally. blow by everybody? Yeah. Or do you like to slowly inch up on people and then that exit speed, yeah. that's where it matters. Yeah, they yeah, might yeah. leave you on the straight, but then you got them again. You're just inching So I think you. that I think the pre-made or, or somebody else's pre-made race car is an ideal place to go. That does open up the spec Z's. It opens up Miatas. What's somebody done to a Miata? Yeah, very You much. could get uh, – look, you're going to be – out of the category for uh, the actual spec racing. But what if you found somebody that did like a bunch of flying Miata parts on their Miata and they're now selling it? Mm-hmm. Where's mm-hmm. that one? Or the, the crazy ones with the V8s in them. You could go nuts, but I say follow the light, uh, lightweight, simple reality and see where you wind up that somebody's already built something. You're the perfect guy to buy somebody's project. Very much Because so. you don't necessarily yeah. want to buy that to make it your daily, but buy it to make it your track car. Let's do that. Right. I mean, you don't have to rely on that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's got to get get me to work. You yeah. Know, yeah. What am I going to do? Because this isn't done. You know what? Great. We'll get there. You know, we'll build it up, build it how you want. Yeah. And the big question, I think, for all of the cars that we're talking about is, where do I go find race cars? Where do I go find the track hmm, cars? Interesting. Interesting. Back to the forums. Because, you know, the, the typical car buying websites that we use are very rarely going to have a race car in there, probably in the budget that you're looking for. So I will say, it sounds like you already do have this budget pretty much ready to go. You've gotten money mm-hmm. ready to spend. You've got it earmarked. Let's say 25 to 30 yeah. because of yeah, yeah. the consumables. And then once you dig into the forums of the Nissan forums and the Factory 5 mm-hmm. and the Miata, I mean, there's going to be gobs of stuff that suddenly comes up that you weren't ever aware of before, yeah. but it's all the, hey, I'm getting out of it for whatever reason, health mm-hmm. reasons, or mm-hmm. you know what, I've moved up to a different class of racing, sure, or yeah. you know, I bought a different car, or finances, or you just never know. And so when you swoop in, you're ready to go, and you mm-hmm. find that car, 
that also brings up the big question of pre-purchase inspection. It's True. a very different category of buying a track car than it is. <laughs> the pre-tracking inspection? <laughs> exactly. That's very strange, yeah. I mean, you've got to you know, understand which series you're running in and will it work for that series? Will there be some things that you've got to replace or upgrade or whatever to be able to make it, you know, it's a great enter question. that series? Are we just running with our buddies or are we trying to actually qualify for something? Because right. it's really easy to get out of class if you are running in something. I do want to bring up another obvious one that is way inside this budget. Hmm. Go buy yourself a thirteen to fifteen thousand dollar eighty six platform BRZ or FRS. Yeah. Who cares? Oh my gosh! Yes. If it's not now, there are guys selling those already supercharged. But let's say you you just find one that isn't. Let's say it's got a hundred thousand miles and it's fourteen grand because mm-hmm. they are now. It's crazy. Buy that. Spend the five grand or so to supercharge it. You're now. At, I'm not good at math. You're now at nineteen. Mm-hmm. Buy yourself a separate separate set of wheels and tires. You're still under thirty. That's that's going to be a weapon. Among sure. your group. And it's not going to consume that much because it doesn't weigh that much. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I mean, I'm thinking about cars that are pretty equally balanced. You can go get a Porsche 944 right now for ten grand, And put 10 that. grand into it almost exactly instantly. Right. Yeah, that's exactly the problem. Exactly right. But those cars are well-renowned for of being course. so well-balanced. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're going to be starting to battle a lot of understeer. And that's very different than what you're used to in the big car. So my headline for you is... What is the track weapon for me? Well, it's the opposite of what you have been driving. You've done the, the big nose-heavy, you know, huge car, heavy car big kind V8, of thing. Yeah. yeah, go lightweight. I like it. I love I like the mid-engine it. aspect, but even the FRS, the Miatas, and there's so much stuff on forums because you never know why somebody's getting in or out of racing. Yeah. And it might come with a whole bunch of spares. You know, even uh, Dale up in Washington, who mm-hmm. sources all of our lemons cars for us now. <laughs> I can't believe that's a thing, but he does. He yes. has to write to him and ask him for his secret websites because he finds all this stuff that might be slightly out of budget for a lemons race, but maybe it's 2500 bucks, or, sure, you know, comes sure, across yeah. the $15,000 race car that, you know what, that's actually viable. Well, spend the rest on consumables. You also bring up that other question, which is, how nice does this need to be? Right. Because it does it need to be nice or does it just need to be fast? Because these other guys, your friends, might be daily driving that as Sounds like they are, yeah. And yeah. now that you're coming with only a track car? They're going to go buy track cars. This is what, this is, we're starting a disease. This is go. the beginning of the dominoes for trip, for sure. And I actually want to bring up one last thing on the Elise that I, I mentioned to you recently. We were, we were somewhere where we had both driven our cars out to a friend of ours kind of track complex. Mm, yeah, and right. uh, look, the Elise is not the world's greatest road trip car. It isn't. I mean, you've seen my piece on it. And when I'm driving the Elise road trip, I had my son with me, but I kept seeing Paul in the rearview mirror just thinking, everything about this drive, he's enjoying more. <laughs> I mean, I'm having fun, but he's just in a nicer place to be. Yeah. What's fascinating about the Elise, though, is it is the simplicity of it. Okay, you don't want to drive it every day, but the minute you start thrashing it, you just realize this isn't going to break. It's just mm-hmm. simple, and it's just designed for this. That Elise, when you start to be on it, just kind of goes, cool, let's do more of that. It, it never feels more at home than being driven hard. Which is crazy. Yeah. And then once you do, I mean, I just started giggling maniacally. Like, yeah. oh, yes, all yeah, these yeah. feelings coming back. So, I'm feeling mechanical linkages. How is this possible? Totally. So simple, light, chase those things. Hopefully that helps. Let's move on to Jay in just a minute. Respect is not given. A hearty welcome to Steve Kerr. What a thrill to have listened to you all these years. It is earned. He's basketball Hall of Famer John Calipari. You uh, still have the great voice of all time. Sound of success, the Dick Enberg podcast. Tennis Hall of Famer Billy Jean King. I just hope everyone listening understands what an icon you are. Exclusively on Podcast One Sportsnet. He's my all-American friend Bill Walton. Dick Enberg, I love you. Get episodes every Thursday on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Hey, all let's talk a little bit about Amsoil. You know why we like Amsoil so much? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of motorsports and power sports, and they get it. You know, recently, Amsoil created a guide containing information about how to increase horsepower in your vehicle. It's got insider tips from some of the best in the business on how to coax more power out of your engine. You can get your free copy at amsoil.com slash driver. That's right. There's a code connected to this show, amsoil.com slash driver. While you're there, you can find out about all of Amsoil's products. Remember, they've got their Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil. says it delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss than what's required. Now, I'm not a guy that tests these things, but these tests exist, and that's the stat. Remember, go to amsoil.com slash driver to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower. You can do that right now. 
When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure you're getting real price on actual inventory. There's nothing worse than getting there and they go, well, we don't have that actual car you looked up. So a lot of times that's not the case, but with true car, it is the case. You can configure a car online, use a true car certified dealer. The pricing that you get is on actual inventory. There is a car that backs up that price. There are over 13,000 true car certified dealers nationwide. And true car users are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with these true car certified dealers. And plus, true car users save an average of over 3,000 off MSRP. Don't get me wrong. This is not true car says, we think the price is this. No, the true car certified dealer says this is the price for the car. True car is the conduit. So you want to work directly with true car, go to true car and find the car you want. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good, so he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. Welcome back to the show, guys. We've got Jay up in Oregon, whose soul is being sucked out by an outback. This is not a horror film. Sucked out back. That's, easy, easy. It's a weird B movie. By the way, I don't, bad horror film. Absolutely. While we're talking is. about it, while we're talking about it, uh, the current Outback is enormous. Let me just put that out. It there. is. I it's actually, grown past Highlander size. Oh yes. Too. I, I parked it once in my garage. I had one as a loner when I had my FRS. I parked one in my garage, and um, wow, huge. I mean, huge. <laughs> like almost the size of our Acadia. Certainly as big as our Cayenne. That's what we're talking about. Which and is it, crazy. And it's technically an SUV. It's a, it's a very large car. So our friend Jay has an Outback that, that here's the story, was his wife's car. Yeah. They had three kids until they ended up with what I can only describe as the stop touching me syndrome. <laughs> okay, stop touching me. Stop touching me. It's your side. Don't go past Draw this line. Draw the tape line on the yes. seat. So Don't they had cross to get, this. They had to get larger. So now they have, they have an Odyssey. Everybody has their own seat. And mom is much happier. Don't make me come back this there. Puts, exactly. Stop touching me. Stop touching me. This put Jay's having flashbacks because I'm doing <laughs> totally. that, by the way. So anyway, so Jay is now in this outback and says, please save me. All right. As I said, Jay's up in Oregon. His daily commute is short, but once a week minimum, he goes from Eugene to Portland. So it's about 120 miles each way. So that's a big day. It's 250 miles a day for work. Now, his mileage is covered, so the, the actual you know, paying for that is not a factor. Sure, and that's good. And miles not good. a factor, which is fine. Hellcats for everyone. <laughs> right this way, sir. Step into your Hellcat. Wow. Track Hellcats. You know it's coming. Oh, it's – yeah. Uh, well, anyway. track Hellcats promptly in the tire wall. That's what's coming. Well, yeah. I got a Hellcat for 35 Not anymore, you don't. That's where <laughs> exactly. that's going. All right. So uh, he is thinking about something more fun, and he wants something that will work that he – he really gets a lot of joy from just from the handling alone, just mm -hmm, the, the mm -hmm. steering feel, which is great. But there's the twist. As we always say, there's there always is. is. There always is. He's getting stuck on this thing about having a mountain bike in the car. Yeah. Not just on racks outside the car, yeah. which could work. Mm -hmm. However, he just he wants it from a security standpoint. He wants it to be able to be carried inside the car because he goes to some gravel roads and, you know, wants to not care about driving a nice car in rough roads. He doesn't want something too precious, but he doesn't want to take the wife's van because, you know, she's running kids around. And so he is actually canceled scheduled test drives because he's so paralyzed at this point. Mm. He doesn't know mm. what to do. Paralysis by analysis. Yeah, for sure. Canceled the, We've got canceled the drives. We've gone too far. Yep. Wow. Well, we are hopefully here to help and uh, hopefully leave with some good ideas and stuff that you can say, all right, mm -hmm. I've got some things that I want to go drive. His history currently stands at the original four-door sports car, the 91 Nissan Maxima 5-speed, yeah, which I yeah. wanted my dad to buy. He and never he did. probably did not. We got a Buick. Those anyway, are exactly the same. They are. What your problem is. That yeah, scarred exactly me, too. Uh, what else? O2 Super WRX, which he tracked. He rallycrossed. He autocrossed. <laughs> it did everything. <laughs> yes, it did. 92 Toyota pickup. Oh, he had a 92 Mitsubishi Eclipse. Mm -hmm. Oh, 340 horsepower. He competed with Rally America in this. Front-wheel drive turbo rally car. That sounds <laughs> like madness. Co-drove a 92 GTI for a while, and it's given him a soft spot for Volkswagen. Mm -hmm. He's had the Subaru Forester from 2007. This was a commuter and a Nissan Armada. Holy moly, these things are big. 
Wow. But yeah, probably inexpensive. And then uh, a 1998 M3 sedan, which he loved and daily when he lived in Wisconsin, but then sold when he moved up to the Pacific Northwest. So, as we said, the current cars are the Honda Odyssey, brand new, mm-hmm. and the 2014 Subaru Outback. So, he's considering a bunch of stuff, but I, I think it sounds like that Outback is going to go. The Outback is definitely going. The Outback, honestly, this may be our best opportunity ever. Jay actually might help us, because this might be the only opportunity ever where somebody actually wants to give something a Viking burial. I know it's only a 2014, <laughs> but I feel like Jay is ready to find a cliff and drive this off of it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so this should be interesting. He's considered a long list of stuff here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Topping the list, which I love and is intriguing the daylights out of me, is mm-hmm. the Mercedes GLA AMG 45. Well, we should we should include in here, besides the bike thing, there's also the fact that because there's three kids in the equation, there will be times he'll be carrying a kid or two around. Yeah. So we yeah. can't just find something where, okay, it's a two-seater. I'll give you a great example. Lotus Elise with racks? Exactly. <laughs> Not going to happen. Yeah. A straight-up two-seater like a VET, which actually has a surprising amount of storage, right. storage space. Right. You can put a rack on it if you want. We can't do that because we've got to have at least a two plus two. The AMG GLA 45 is a heck of a start, though. That's a lovely start. All right, so we've got a couple of BMWs on here, an M3 and an M2. So he says the M2 gets closest to the package that he Mm -hmm. loved in the M3 Mm -hmm. without life on jack stands, which is a cool T-shirt. Life on jack stands. (laughs) It's not a good way to be, but it is a cool shirt, yes. (laughs) Something from Porsche, which is good. He's been interested, but he just gets confused with all the years and the models and what to watch for. We all do. Everyone does. By the way, we did shoot a film, 50 Years of the 9-11, that kind of clears all that stuff up. Hopefully. I watch it to reference it. I go, which one again? <laughs> Hang on. Which one was? That's the one. I love That's where it. you identify. Yeah, I'm not good at math. And why did that lower number come after the high? What? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So Volkswagen GTI and Golf R, as you know, he's got the soft spot for Volkswagen. So that's got to be on here. But he does ask, is a 35,000 Golf R a better buy than a GLA for the same price? It's not going to be as fun. I don't think so. I think the GLA is the is the better choice there. I really do. I think so, too. Uh, Volvo S or the V60 might be a little bit big. And then coming back to an STI wagon, mm-hmm. possibly. Maybe, yeah. And then finally, something V8 with a giant V8, American V8 in the front. Yep. I've got, I've got like. four. I've actually kind of got a, a must-drive list. Oh, good. For our friend Jay. Good. Here. Let's hear it. Uh, let's see. I've got, I've got four, and they're, they're kind of like pairs. Okay. And then I've got two wild cards. Oh, good. So, because here's here's the big thing that happens for wild cards with me. I'm going into cars that there's no way the bike's going inside, but just get a rack and move on. True. Those are the two wild cards. True. So I'll get back there. And we've got a sixty thousand dollar budget. He's That's says true. forty to fifty, but at the high and side, and then probably says grand. if if he has to, Paul can go to sixty. Right. So we've got money to play with here, right. which is great. Twist your arm. And if we're going to be talking sixty, and if we're going to be talking about actual list prices, mm-hmm. not why is the dealer new? charging that? Mustang GT350 has a fold-down rear seat. <laughs> so does the Camaro. The bigger Camaros have got fold-down rear seats. Do they really? They're not fixed? Now, it's not a cross brace back there? Not according to the little bit of digging I did. Now, somebody may correct me, but I was digging specifically for that feature, and it was listing it. Now, now, it could be listing it because somebody copy-pasted the info over from Camaros and Mustangs at large, but I was specifically sure. looking those cars, the big Camaro and the big Mustang, Whoa. and was saying fold-down rear seat. Whoa. So if that is still true, I think you have a better chance at it in the Mustang than you do in the Camaro because the Camaro's just also just got a weird trunk opening. Okay, yeah. But yeah, it does. GT350. Not if you get a little speed for whatever you're putting in the trunk. Perfect. Just just do some speed. Just ride up on your bike and then leap off and let the bike just clear itself. It'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong? Make it fit. Yeah. But how cool would it be to drive that GT350 and then pull a mountain bike out of the back? You'd be pretty much the baddest thing around. Granted. Granted. I'm just a guy that I just sacrificed that and just went and got racks. But I'm just saying. That might be possible. I don't know how big your mountain bike is. If you drive one of the giant mountain bikes like Paul and I ride, it probably won't fit anywhere. Right. Both wheels have to come off, everything. Here's my new my new obsession is randomly looking up mountain bikes I can't afford. Forget cars I can't afford for really? me, mountain bikes I can't afford. Lately. And when I start looking up sizes, I realize I have to be on an XL. 
Yeah. And those yeah, frames are huge. Big. Yeah, they're big. You do an XL frame with 29-inch wheels, and now it's like, what does that fit inside of? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Just get a rack. Just, <laughs> Just move on. So exactly. There is that issue. So outside of your car. Exactly. <laughs> this this is large. In fact, this bike is almost larger than all of my cars, now that I think about <laughs> it. true. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's challenging. the same wheelbase. Challenging and weight, for sure. But anyway, so GT350 Mustang, maybe one of the big Camaros. Look at both of those. I think drive them both. And you need to drive them in the same day if you can. But you have to get it list price. Otherwise, mm. you're just you're being bent over, and that's not okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. You brought up the GLA 45 AMG, which I think is great. Keep in mind that car does not have a big hatch. No, you may wind up outside of that car as well. Uh, well, yeah, I can't remember how big it's it is. not. It's not big. It's not huge, but it's something. And could you get? Here's the question: Can you get a mountain bike in the back? I mean, again, how big is your mountain bike? Can you get a mountain bike in the back of a GTI? Maybe. And if maybe. so, I would say also maybe on the GLA. I think the GLA may have less hatch space than the GTI. Yeah, But if you're going to shop GLA, shop used Macan. You would need to at least go drive it. You said Porsche something. There's your answer. Drive a used Macan. With 60 in your pocket, you could find one. Dig it. All right. So uh, I started uh, at, at the Mercedes as well. I, I'm really intrigued by this car. I, I've been actually <clears throat> dangerously shopping for them because, um, yeah, anyway... Did I mention the Jeep is going? Well, and this is what we do. We just go, you know what I could buy? <laughs> the number of times you and I go to dinner and one of us starts a conversation with, you know what I, was, what I found is this amount of money today? That happens every time we sit down for a meal. That one of us starts that way. the entire conversation, yes. too. It's hilarious. All right. So, yes, something waggony or hatchy, something hatchish is hatch-ish, where my yes. thoughts are at. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start small and then I'm going to go big, Okay. Okay. And that's really what I was thinking about. Cars that are fun to drive, dynamic, as they go bigger, less so, but okay. stay with me. All right. So with sixty grand to spend, what about a really, really nice John Cooper Works Mini, Mini Cooper? Those things have a lot of space in the back. If you do the rear seat delete like I did, then it has quite a bit of space. It becomes, it's, it's my pickup. I treat it, it like is. my pickup. It's ridiculous. It it's hilarious. But even a brand new one with mm-hmm. spec the way you want, those sure. are bigger cars. Yeah, for sure. Bigger than for the sure. one you've got. Yes, definitely. five. Is that what your model oh, is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're even bigger than that. But, hey, I mean, even used, you wouldn't be spending anywhere close to 60. You could get two True. of them True. for 60 grand. Don't get two of them. Yeah. You don't need that. But if we're spending sixty grand, I cannot not say the BMW 1M with racks. It's a strange choice. Ooh. But, Ooh. It, you know, then you have a BMW 1M. There is, that is the upside. That's the, the, upside. the upside of that strange equation is you wind up with a BMW 1M in the garage. <laughs> Just, and at that point, you say to, say to your wife, honey, I don't care where the bike goes. Exactly. The kids fit. I'm happy. I'm happy boy. <laughs> Swerving away from the edge of the cliff, we are back on track. My, my wild card... And the car that I do think you should get is an Audi S7. Hatchy, wagony, bike is going back there, no problem. It's okay. a bigger car. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's big. Yeah. It's not as handly as the 1M or the yes. Mini Cooper. Hatchish and handly. That should be the name of the podcast. <laughs> that actually sounds like a really bad cop show, doesn't it? Oh, my God. That really. Hatchish and handly. some bad visuals Yeah, here. okay. 1970s cop show. There it is. Wow. Yep. So think about the Audi S7. Okay, you could almost go new, but even a very slightly used S7 that came off lease, yummy. That's a train. That 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 is just that's got serious serious forward progression. Yeah, 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 I'm digging that. And of course, that led me to a Panamera, which gets better in the handling department. Yes, it def- does. But for it's sure. a big car. Yeah, that's the problem. And are you throwing your dirty mountain bike in the back of your Panamera? How precious are you? I'm the right. guy that would. I'm the guy that would, but I'm not. What if you did that spray-on bedliner on on the inside of the back of the Panamera? Perfect, and you will never sell that Panamera again. (laughs) It is yours for life. Well, that's why I'm kind of back to the S7, because I can't say S7 without mentioning the Panamera, but I'm kind of leaning back towards it, because I do think that's the car you should get. Okay. That's the one you should consider. I mean, comfortable, fast. It does have some fun handling characteristics about it. Mm Mm-hmm. But, of course, it's a big car, so I'll leave that there, and hopefully that helps. I've got two wild cards I want to at least mention. Okay. And they are wild cards entirely because I think they check all the boxes that you want them to do for a car, Hmm. but you're going to have the bike outside. That's why they're wild cards. Well, the 1M. I mean, the bike's outside. True. true, true. You get a 1M. But you have a 1M. That is the upside of that, for sure. Yeah. So he mentioned in here that what he really wants is that really exact turn-in. He wants he wants the yeah. car to feel like, like right. there's no lag time, right? And he wants good steering feel. So I have to mention these two. With sixty grand, 
you could have your choice of Evo X, the Evo 10. Oh, my gosh. You've you owned get Subarus. two or three of them you've for owned, 60 don't, grand. Don't go do two or three of them. You, you've owned Subaru. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday cars. But it's got such a tight steering rack and room for kids in the back. True. True. So you're going to be either roof rack or hitch rack. I'm a guy that I prefer the hitch rack. I don't like lifting the bike up over the car. It's just me being weird. But yeah. either one, though. You could get either of the above, and you could rally that all the time into the worst back road for your mountain biking and never care. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. that. Yeah. And then if we are thinking a little more, dad has a nice car, a little more. Dad's commuting in this car, loves it every time he drives it, and you could still get great racks and stuff. Look 911. Yeah. How recent a 911 can you get for your budget? You may be able to get into a very early 991, which is the current gen. The good one, good reason for that is because your kids will genuinely fit in the back. Mm-hmm. The 997, they can. It's now a question of how big are you and your kids. So it's either the current gen or the one prior. See what you can shop. Sixty grand for the one prior, the 997, all day long. The oh, 991, yeah. the current one, yeah. you're going to have a few, a few at 60. But again, these are wild cards because that bike is your rack of choice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, um, Jay, this podcast has sparked an idea for me for Uh another variant of the 911 that Porsche needs to build. Oh, no. And that is a 911 with a hatch. What do you think? The 911H? Is that what they're calling it? The 911H. The 911H. How awful is that going to look, by the way? I guess it's going to look even more like a mini Panamera. No, no. I'm just saying just the back window actually opens because right now they don't. They're just fixed. Fair, but fair, if fair. that part on the 911 actually opened and it had just the, the shut line, I you thought, don't change the roof line I thought line you were thinking almost more shooting brake. No, 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 no. Making a Sorry, Panamera. that wasn't clear. I'm not okay, thinking of right. adding sheet metal or adding bodywork okay. to it. All it's right. just that back glass yeah. actually now opens to get access to the rear seats or when you fold them down, yeah. you've got a 911 hatch. Porsche, the 911H. I'm, you put every other single letter make, behind it, yeah. You know, 2S and 4S and and the, the GTS and the turbo variants of all of the the hatch the, variants the, of the nine the nine nine one nine eleven GTSH yeah my brain hurts I mean the, the variants and now we haven't even customized it yet because we have oh, to get leather wrapped no. everything on yes, this car of course we do and then add options and do you want uh-huh. this painted and that sewn and you know uh, so we're I, I'm thinking just, I'm frightened just the please, hatch on the please 9/11. let us go on to questions please let us go here we go. All right. Uh, yes, guys, thank you so much for writing in. Uh, damn it, Patton was asking, how is Adam Carolla and the gang in person? Love seeing two of my favorite podcasts crossing paths. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. As Todd said, we were on with Spike in the morning and mm-hmm. with Adam about uh, noon just yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a lot of fun having Matt show us around the studio afterwards. Yeah. He is yeah, the moderator yes. on Adam Carolla's CarCast podcast. Yeah, Matt Dander. Uh, he, was, he was awesome. He was he actually. Fun. Here's the big difference between those two guys, Adam and Matt. Matt had some time in his day, and Adam had zero. He'd done, I think, two podcasts before yeah. us, was doing three after hours. Which is amazing. He, was, yeah. he, he does something like 15 podcasts a week, but he was doubling up so he can take the Christmas week off. So Incredible. He, was, he was very nice. He was very professional, but he had, I don't mean this as a slight, he had zero extra time. It was, hi, guys. Thanks yeah. for being here. Yeah. Do a report podcast. Let's take a photo. Thanks for being here. Got to do another one. He was, he was gone. I mean, I, I'm just so impressed with his work ethic and the amount of... Man. He doesn't just sit around and record. He's got multiple buildings. The studio is... I mean, there's three people in the, stu- in the, in the glass yeah. box in the studio. There, there are the more show. people in the studio than you and I have on the podcast. Yeah, yes. no kidding. I'm just... I'm so impressed with what he does and the amount of podcasts and this kind of an empire that he's built. For sure, yeah. He owns yeah, yeah. eight Paul Newman racing cars, everyone. Eight of yeah. them, in addition to others. Yeah collection is impressive the man cave is so impressive i mean you just want to come over and hang out and watch the game and you do for sure you know do whatever but it was a lot of fun we had a great time we hope to be back uh ed asked on on facebook uh he asked about the fiesta st which we love Mm -hmm. but he's asking for what's the rest of that list what do you compare to the fiesta st does anything compete with it in price range and fun Mm -hmm. used car wise yeah i have two for you because here's the thing about the Fiesta ST. It is fun first and foremost. It is, honestly, it oh, is yeah. to hatches with the Lotus Elises to sports cars. 911 hatches? <laughs> Derail. Stop it. Stop it. Thank you. The 911H. Perfect. We're giving you gold, <laughs> Porsche. Anyway, uh, or at least bronze. Anyway. Um, exactly. The Fiesta ST is fun first and foremost. It is a cheap Economy interior car, it doesn't have much space, it doesn't have that much utility, but by the way, it's fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
working your way away from that, but thinking of that as your reference point. The next one I would say on the list is the Fiat 500 Abarth. It's up there. Yeah. They're crazy cheap, and yeah. they have all of those features. Get the coupe, not the convertible. Get the, get the manual, and not the, not the automatic. The automatic is slushy. But that's a very fun car. And then stepping away from that, I'm thinking about cars that right now I know you can get for under fifteen grand. Mm-hmm. Mini Cooper S. Yeah. 86 also, platforms? Well, yes, but I'm thinking if we're just staying front-wheel drive staying front-wheel drive. Okay, fair enough. 80, the, uh, the Mini Cooper S would absolutely do this. You st- I mean, for example, the GTI you can get for this money, but it's not as fun focused on fun as these guys are. Mm. So I would say those are my next two on the list. Of course, you can get GTIs all day long. You can get Focus STs as well. That's sure, in there. Sure. You know what else is on that list? We're now getting bigger, though. Mazda Speed 3s. Yeah, True. That's really fun as well. Just staying front-wheel drive hatches, but that's kind of the short list. Wheelman GT on Instagram asked me if uh, I have any of my cars with the ceramic coating. Mm. And what is my opinion on that? He's considering having it done to his car. To be honest, I have not fully researched the ceramic coating. I know it's very expensive, and I know it is quite bulletproof. It is a level of protection that even the paint protection film cannot provide. Sure, yeah. It, like I said, is very expensive. It's quite an investment. So I will say, if you're planning on having the car for a while, long time, definitely get it. Mm-hmm. Now, it is a good selling point, too. But over time, and I'm talking a long time, I think it can start to wear off in mm. places. Mm. So you might have to have it touched up. However, I think it's an excellent idea. And any car that's had ceramic coating done to it, man, you oh, know man. has been taken care of by an enthusiast. Buy that yeah. car immediately. <laughs> but I, let, let him take the cost of doing it because, exactly. wow, is it pricey. Yeah. But yes, I'm, I've, it's something to consider. But again, because of the cost, I haven't fully researched it to see if that is indeed an option for me because I just keep coming back to price when I can just go, you know what? Paint protection film, the clear sure. stuff. Yeah. It can yeah, be yeah. replaced if it gets dinged. Which isn't cheap to begin with. Exactly. And to go a whole other category above that for a car you may not have forever. I see your point. I, I mean, do. just the front surfaces, leading edges of the Cayman, including the rear apron, the wrap-up on the rear, yeah, yeah. $1,800. Mm-hmm. That wasn't even the full car, and I'd love to have the yeah. full car done. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I will, but I just I had to get into it just step by step. I was sure just took my breath away, but <laughs> worth it because I've already found some places on you know the the hits on the paint mm. that have actually been taken and absorbed by the paint film, and I know yeah. the paint underneath is still fine. That's good. That's good. Interesting. Uh, let's see. So many good questions. Oh, I have to do this one, of course. It's the classic uh, uh, question from Jay Strong on IG. Track, daily, or crush? This is a hard one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Track, daily drive, or crush? Ugh. The Porsche GT3, the Mercedes AMG GTR, or the oh. McLaren 570S? Oh. Oh. I, um, hmm. Uh, wow. Okay, I'm going to say the only easy one of this is the track. Okay. And that's the GT3. Right. That GT3 right. is just the track car. Because of the dispenser in, in Germany and Belgium for the ring and spa, clearly they know something. And the one brief experience we've had with the GT3 on the ring, that's the track car. The other two, this is really difficult. It's like, what side of the bed did I get out of today? But I think if we're talking about daily in a car, meaning mm. it just needs to do all the daily driver stuff, it isn't even really going to canyon. It's just going to be that car. I go Mercedes. Really? And I crushed the McLaren, and that oh, that breaks oh. my heart to say that. It breaks my heart to say that, but oh. that's that's a hard one. I've got it in a slightly opposite order. I'm definitely tracking the Porsche GT3, mm-hmm. but I'm crushing the AMG. I love that car. I know that it's these brutal. Are, this is this is a poison pill, Jay Strong. This is a poison pill. Oh, but I've got a daily that McLaren. That just in a comfort setting, you'd be fine. You could. Oh yeah, I I'm all about that car for daily. Wow, Yikes. that's that's horrifying to think about actually happening. But uh, all right, <laughs> what else? Uh, Ariopolis is on Instagram asking us if we'd ever do a feature film comparing iconic sports cars to current cars, and those current cars being minivans, Camrys, Accords, comparisons being the Canyons, tracks, and daily driving, and then which would you take home? I like the idea. That's interesting. It'd have to be curated very carefully mm-hmm. which cars would it be. And the thing, the thing he's really showing his hand on here and actually bringing up here is the point that what we're talking about is a wow sports car from 20, 30 years ago is now slower than the Camrys and minivans of the world. Right. So the, right. the problem that I have with it, just thinking about it from a filmmaking perspective, I'm intrigued by this. I am genuinely. But I wonder if we'd really watch 
would people watch? Because don't we yeah. kind of know going in? And sure, isn't it kind of a sure. wah, wah when you bring all these fun sports cars and then the minivan beats one? Sure. Exactly. That's not a good conclusion to the movie either. Well, and even minivans that like, could probably hang with it through corners. Yeah. Strangely enough, it, it would be ugly, It'd be ugly and quite a spectacle to watch, but it could probably do it. Staggering amount of enough. body roll as the Camry gets a better lap time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which I don't, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know that I want to watch that. Yeah. So that's the big question. It's intriguing to do and to talk about, but I think about it in feature film perspective and I go, and I, I'm genuinely kind of asking here. Would anybody buy that? Mm-hmm. You know, would they watch it? All right, uh, yeah, fair enough. Although uh, Todd and I are thinking about uh, quite a comparison to film in 2018. As you yeah. know, we did not film a feature length comparison because of TV. Todd is almost found dead, by, buried under a pile of digital footage. Yep, I'm almost at the halfway point of the season. Oh man, almost, almost. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're thinking about a quite a comparison that I think everybody would love watching. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. All right. What else struck you? Uh, did you see uh, SCLA fan 86 on Instagram ask this question? Three-season sports car. Hmm. All seasons or focused summer tires? Hmm. He's talking about, want to still drive it in the cool spring and cool fall. And I'm going to flat out say it. If this is really a three-season car, get summer performance tires. Yeah. Because yeah. you're going to like them Almost all the time better. Will there be a few days where maybe you need to do some careful stepping? Yes. But if it's really a car that you don't pull out until the weather allows it, just go for the good, good tires and stay off all seasons completely. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you, you need those winter tires. Absolutely. But you know, even in cold weather like we're having right now, you could still get by. I mean, this is pretty cold. So it's cold, but it's 10, very dry. degrees. You know, warmer, yeah, very dry yeah. roads. You can yeah. still get by, even though your tires are rocks. Yeah, but I mean, I, the thing you're talking about is that you're talking about a car that doesn't get driven in those conditions. Look, I'll give you the, the personal example. I'm not buying any alternative tires for the Elise. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm running right. summer rubber on them in, anyway and will only run that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, uh, Joe is on Facebook asking me, what are your, some, some of your favorite driving roads in northern Colorado? Mm. He mentioned U.S. Highway 34, which is Big Thompson Canyon, which I love, and U.S. 36 out to Estes Park. He was born, raised, and currently living in Fort Collins, and he loves the canyon roads around here. I agree, Joe. I'm with you. Yes, both of those you named are excellent. Uh, my dad actually worked when I was growing up uh, in Steamboat Springs on a real estate project out there, and I would always go out to Craig and over Rabbit Ears Pass hmm. out that way. So you're going to have to drive farther, but hey, stay in Steamboat. I love Steamboat for the skiing, for the town. <laughs> you have a I summer, been there in years. summer drive experience with an overnight. That's not a bad way to go, though, I have to say. I, I mean, make it a weekend, yeah. you know, yeah, and yeah. come back. But uh, the roads get pretty good. You cross Rabbit Ears Pass and then uh, drop down the other side mm. of the Continental Divide, and mm. uh, it's it's pretty amazing. That's cool. That's really Toilets cool. Toilets flush the other way. No, they don't. <laughs> I Stop. Don't <laughs> uh, Mark wrote in. I wanted to talk to his question. He wrote in on Facebook. Thanks for writing in, Mark. He said, are there classes or training sessions for new enthusiasts? Oh, great question. To learn the basics of performance driving. Yeah. And then he has kind of a personal question. Can I consider myself an enthusiast even though I'm driving a 20-year-old Toyota Avalon? Uh, Mark, look. There are enthusiasts <laughs> of all types driving cars sure. that cannot be sure, qualified sure. as an enthusiast car. And for whatever about what your, what your life is, has done as far as the things in your life that have to happen, you're in a car that isn't what you want to be in. That's honestly why this show exists, because we want to help you. Send us your car debate, Mark. We want to help you find a car that does all the stuff of your budget and everything and is still genuinely fun. So, But we... Look, I, I could list many embarrassing cars in my in my past that are not enthusiasts at all. I have to be really lucky and blessed at this point in my life to have cars I'm thrilled with across the board. There's always been a car I'm like, yeah, I own that one. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever. Who cares? The fact that you want to go take a driving course, you're absolutely an enthusiast because nobody that isn't ever would. Mm. Yeah. The people that are randomly driving, everybody else in a Toyota Avalon, by the way, Mark, doesn't want to take a driving course. So you are an enthusiast <laughs> for sure. I would say – couple of things. Is there a track near you? That's the simplest, cheapest option. Oh, yeah. Is there a track near you? Because if there is, it probably does a one-day school of something. Sure. Just do the one-day school. That'll be – it won't be cheap, but it'll be cheaper because you live nearby. If you want to go hardcore, do a couple-day school actually on location somewhere like a Skip Barber. Well, they don't exist much anymore, but the uh, the Bondurant schools. Yeah, right. Do a location school. 
that's killer. You could come here to Utah and do the Mustang GT school out at our oh, local sure, track. Sure, You know, that kind of thing. Or if you buy yourself a, a car that comes with a school of driving, that, that's nice too. Um, anyway, but um, – Four GTs do, just saying. Yeah, but get, get right on that, Mark. Jump from the Avalon to the Ford GT, <laughs> but please be careful. Yeah. There's no Grand Canyon in between those two cars. No, not, not at all. That would be perfect for budget. So that's the big thing I would say, Mark, is local tracks, one-day schools, just start there. It'll be it'll revolutionize you right away. Yeah, agreed. All right, Jonathan D is on Facebook asking us to predict the future Uh-oh. by asking us. It's always cooler to go against the grain to not be doing what everyone else is doing. Yes, not always just for the sake of polarity, but continuing on, he said he's talking to me. Let's be honest, <laughs> well, he's talking to me. Yeah, yeah, true. He said in the performance car world, horsepower and top speed are very much alive and well. When you see that is no longer a selling point for cars what will cause it, Hmm. and what characteristics will take the place of horsepower and top speed. Hmm. Hellcat looking at you, Dodge Demon looking at you. What is next after that? Lightweight, nimble cars? I have an answer. I have a thought. I don't know on this. I mean, because I think the big, the wild card here for my brain on this is as we move into the future, how much do does actual ride sharing on autonomous cars take over? And at that point, the bragging rights are going to be totally different. Mm-hmm. But yeah. anyway, what were you going to say? Range. Mm. You and I just drove the Bolt over the weekend, and this should be part of season three <clears throat> later on down the road. Yeah, we'll no see. pressure. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, we're going to get our hands on a Tesla Model 3. But I will say, I mean, you, you had a great comment. You said, this car is an excellent choice for a commuter car. And then you promptly said nothing about gasoline or electric drivetrains. True, true. Just as it is. Just good. You need a commute car? Done. Yeah. And so that really struck me as far as range will be the selling point. Mm-hmm. Because everybody in 2018, there's a lot of manufacturers coming out with a lot of amazing electric cars. Sure. Or a lot of people hybrids. are playing now. Yeah. And it's always now range. We've been there up one side and down the other. And I do think the horsepower wars will continue in a weird, strange way. I think that's going to not stop. Mm -hmm. But I think it's got to go back to lightweight. I mean, we've changed manufacturing processes. So, you know, government regulations, all that kind of stuff will continue to play a part. Sure, of course, yeah. But people need to discover driving, not just the biggest, heaviest thing they can get into Mm. and overcome it with more power. Because now they want economy and range, gas or electric. But I think for all these electric cars, if you tout something greater than 350 miles of electric range, Mm. you win. Yeah. Well, but you know, one of the things I've heard somebody else say in other areas, and I think it's going to relate to cars, especially if they become these autonomous appliances, it's going to be the bragging rights for the ways the car made your life easier. Yeah. The technology that seems to always be just embraced like crazy is stuff that that appears, whether it does or not, appears to make life easier, simpler, I can do more, that kind of stuff, if we're talking autonomy, is probably going to be huge. Mm-hmm. There's a question on here from Jim T. He's asking about uh, if we take our lease and came into the track. You've taken yours out to Wide Open Wednesdays. I have. I look at, forward uh, to driving, driving more next year for sure. He's asking about the stuff that you do, the prep beforehand, whether that's different wheels and tires, brake pad and fluid upgrades, no, protection, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> alignment, all that stuff. Yes, you know, it depends on the car that you've got. And I have kind of come to the decision, well, I could take my Cayman. You could it would be fine. Be crazy it's actually fun. made for it. Yeah. However, it's all the, the stuff going into it. And that's why I keep coming back to mm-hmm. a track car that I can just beat on. I feel like I'll get there eventually. I mean, the Elise is in a little bit of a different story. I mean, it's got the upgrades that make it track worthy already and still yeah. reliable yeah. as a daily. Mine, mine does. You're right. So sure. you're kind of in the best of both worlds with that car. You're back to where True was at the top of the podcast. Yeah. Talking about, exactly. okay, let's get let's get focused. And you're right. Now you're not into consumables that are terrifying because it doesn't have to be your daily. Yeah. I see it. I love the wrap-up. Back to where it all started. Anyway. Hey, we got lucky. Yes. Uh, Jim, to, to be honest... Yes, you can do all those things, but then it's costing you money. So you've got to consider, do I buy a $10,000 Miata and I just flog it? And love it, yeah. Exactly. Or do I spend all that money and put that in you know, a more expensive car? Because that's, as you said, where True was, you know, coming back, you know, doesn't want to spend the money on tires. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you start shopping for used Hoosier race tires, you know you've got a real problem. <laughs> the disease is struck big time, yeah. Guys, thank you so much for writing in. If you've got your own debate, write to us with your 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 full debate and the story behind it, but not too long. <laughs> couple scrolls, guys. Couple scrolls and paragraphs. I know that's a weird request, but exactly. wall of text is terrifying. Exactly. So that's everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or everydaydriver.com. Either one will work. 
And then, guys, we're looking forward to one more podcast before uh, before 2018 is upon us. Crazy enough. We're looking forward to it. Thanks, guys, so much. Cheers. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.